0: Good morning, church. My name is Andrew Frost, and I serve on staff as our family minister. I'm excited to be joining our panel of speakers as we begin our summer playlist this year, um, as we dive into scripture together. So over the past few months, I feel like I've been lost at sea. uh, To kind of explain that uh, feeling... When the pandemic rolled in, I feel like it brought with it this huge fog that just completely shrouded my vision um, and direction. Uh, It's been disorienting. It's been really hard. Um, And and there hasn't been uh, no clear of it in sight. We don't see an end or a timeline as to when it's going to go away. And I just feel like I've been adrift, letting the wind take me wherever it pleases. My emotions have been running on fumes. My gas tank feels empty um, on certain days. And it's just been a really hard season to navigate, uh, if we can at all. But does anyone relate to this? Do do you feel like this season has been driving your family crazy um, just all over the place? Uh, But if this isn't you, If you haven't been struggling with this, please, uh, if you don't relate at all, call me, private message me. Let me know where your private island is, because I would love to go there and have a retreat with me and my wife. It would be so nice, just so great to get away from all of this. Um, But we know this won't last forever, right? The world is still turning and revolving, and there is going to be an end in sight. And we are having a re-entry as a church, and it's coming. Um, It's just trying to get through it, but we can't do this on our own. Um, Maybe you feel like this has been a season that's been an unraveling, right? Um, A season that's caused you as a person to, it's been a revealing of your soul, of your inner soul. And it's been a good challenge, but it's been a challenge to our very core. And, you know, we're all on this spiritual journey. And, Being on something like a pandemic is nothing that we could have expected or anticipated, but it is part of our life and our spiritual journey. Um, And so whether it's at home or inside um, or outside, whether you're working really hard to provide for your family as you're working extra hard every day or from the loss of your job, right? Um, Or even from having to spend as much quality time with your family as possible during the season, but also needing to get away, to break away, to have some independence from them too. Maybe you're struggling in those areas, right? I've personally been battling some form of depression through this. And it's been really hard for for me or even for my wife to see at times. Um, But maybe maybe you relate or maybe you feel the same way. Uh, My first year of this new job hasn't been exactly what I thought it would be, right? Um, I haven't been able to hug certain family members. Uh, there's temptations to sin, right? Um, I've even unintentionally let out anger and aggression on people that I care for, uh, just reactively or emotionally, just through the past few months. And so, I've been able to just try and seek more self-care rather than much needed soul care, right? Um, spending time on myself, seeking things to try and help myself, that's, that that hasn't been a good method for me. Um, but I have to continue to seek soul care in this. And maybe you do too. But what has God been teaching you through this season? What has he been teaching? Uh, Communicating to you, what has he been trying to help you uh, understand on your spiritual journey? For me, I feel like God's been teaching me to just let go, to surrender my control of the steering wheel. Because this season, uh, as much as guys love to navigate stuff and be in control of the, you know, directions, we can't navigate through a season like this, especially on our own. We need the Lord's help in this. Um, because this season just hasn't been navigatable at all. But when a storm comes by, right, it tends to just sweep us off our feet. And we never seem to expect a storm to come through, even if we prepare for it, but it always takes us adrift. It always casts us away from our original course or our destination. Um, So yeah, we can't be dependent on our routines. We can't be dependent on our jobs or even um, our politics or our families. We can only, look to the Lord, this unraveling um, process has helped me see that these idols can't be a replacement for the solid ground that is found in Christ our Lord. There's this awesome book that our staff team has just started reading together by John Ortberg called Soul Keeping. And we just recently read a chapter called Lost Souls. And I just thought it was really appropriate to share a quote from it. Um, It reads, the lost soul doesn't refer to the soul's destination but rather its condition. Let me read that again to you. The lost soul doesn't refer to the soul's destination, but rather its current condition, right? That's what a lost soul is, is the condition of which our soul is at right now, Um, not where it's supposed to end up or, you know, from here to there, it's where are we right now? Um, but the truth is Jesus sees past this fog. He sees the facades that we hide behind and he gets right through them in order to rescue our soul within. And so when Jesus teaches in the gospels, he uses a lot of uh, unique ways of teaching. One of them is through parables um, to help people think differently um, about a, a, a lesson or a story, right? So a parable is simply this. It's a story uh, that has an illustration to teach a lesson. That's all it is. It's just a story. So Jesus teaches in parables a lot throughout the Gospels. Um, And we're going to be diving into scripture here um, in just a moment. And the entire chapter of Luke 15 is comprised of three parables, but all three are of the same lesson strand. Um, but parables are great. They, they can be true or they don't always have to be true. But a parable always conveys a lesson. So, if you have a, a moment or if you have already, locate a Bible. Uh, whether it's a physical Bible or maybe a Bible app. Uh, we're also going to be providing the scriptures on the screen in front of you. So, take a moment to locate a Bible as we dive into Luke chapter 15. And so, let's start with verse 1. Now, The tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them? Okay, you have tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees and teachers of the law, and Jesus. And this seems like a pretty mixed bag, Um, maybe even a disastrous mixed bag. These people, Jesus knows this, they do not get along at all. Um, But it's really fascinating to see, you know, we have people like the Pharisees, teachers of the law, in a room with Jesus where there's also sinners and tax collectors. Um, But just to give you a little bit more weight as to the awkwardness of the room here, we have um, people who you know, don't like it all. Religious leaders who tell them how to live and what to do and what to say, what to wear. uh, It's just, uh, no one likes jerks like that who uh, dictate their lives, you know, in a religious manner that way. And so you have that. Then you have um, sinners, which is fascinating to me because that's like, I don't walk around calling someone else a sinner, you know. Um, it's almost as if they're notorious sinners, you know, in order to be cl- called sinners here. Maybe there's thieves in the mix. Maybe there's adulterers. Maybe, I mean, the, the whole lot. Maybe it's the worst of the worst. I don't know. Or maybe it's just the Pharisees, you know, trying to be exaggerated, like, huh, look at those sinners, you know, but not us. And then we have the worst of the worst, the scum of the earth, that people consider to be worse than sinners tax collectors. (laughs) They're just worse than anybody because they take your money constantly, right? And so this is a very interesting room and an interesting space of people, but this group of people have all gathered together to hear what Jesus has to say. So he begins with a parable here. So let's look here. It says in verse three, starting at verse three, Jesus told them in this parable, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully rejoices, um, puts on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. All right, so we have Jesus describing a shepherd who lost a valuable sheep. Now, a sheep to a shepherd is like the livelihood, right? Of the the shepherd, right? It's your livestock. Losing a sheep is like losing a huge paycheck. Um, It it also means, uh, you know, property to trade. It's income for your family. It's food on the table. It's clothes to wear. Um, You do not lose that sheep. Every sheep matters to a shepherd. And it would be terrible of the shepherd if it didn't matter, right? How horrible of a reputation would that shepherd have if he didn't go after that lost sheep, if he just let it go off into the elements um, and to be uh, ravaged by uh, wild beasts and wolves and things. So no, a rescuer, like the, the shepherd had to go and rescue that sheep. And it's vital that the sheep returns to the flock. So maybe you didn't quite get it yet. Maybe you haven't seen what God is teaching you quite yet in this parable, and that's totally fine but ponder on that. Think about what is God, what is the lesson here that God is teaching me in this parable of the lost sheep and the shepherd? So hang on to that because Jesus goes into two more parables here that are of the same lesson to help us and them understand the purpose here. So he continues in verse eight, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There's that word repent again being used there. But we have a woman here who now has 10 silver coins, but she loses one, leaving her with nine. And she flips her house upside down to go look for this lost coin. Now, a silver coin, uh, from my estimation, understanding the culture and history of the time, like in 33 AD or or whatnot around that time, is, you know, this would be a pretty good payday uh, depending on your job. And so having a silver coin is of great value. And that's really what the woman is just looking endlessly for to find that coin. But when she does, right, she rejoices just like the shepherd did with the sheep, finding that sheep. And there's celebration there and there's repentance there. And there's just a a really great sense of reward in finding something that's lost. Um, But maybe you haven't quite gotten the the lesson yet that God is teaching. Remember, ask that question, Lord, what are you teaching me through this lesson? What is it that you're asking me through this parable? Um, And if you haven't quite got it yet, he's got one more parable that he shares with us here. So starting also and continuing on at verse, um, let's see, I think it's 12, verse 12. There was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, Father, Give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth into wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out. And go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran out to him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, It continues. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed a fattened calf so that he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, look, all these years, I have been slaving for you. And I've never disobeyed your orders. Yet you gave, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the young son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. Did you catch it? Do you see the connecting lesson here between the three stories um, in these parables? But it's so important. Here it is. No matter who you are, what you've done or what's been done to you, you are loved. God loves you even when you're lost, right? And so that is a freeing feeling that there's not this sense of being like, I'm going to be <laughs> uh, put, put to the shame here or, or I'm going to be punished here. I'm going to be, no, like it's this sense of like, you have been lost and you need to be found. And there's a rejoicingness and there's a celebration here in this. And so here's an interesting fact about people who tend to get lost, right? They will continue to stay lost until at some point they realize they are. They just continue down the same path, even with everyone following them, even if other people see it and they're afraid to speak up, they know that they're lost. But it's only until they all realize, or the leader realizes that, okay, I don't know where I'm at. I am far away from the path that I was on. I recognize that this is not going in the destination I intended to go. In fact, I'm being led further away I'm getting further away from Jesus rather than getting closer to him. And so this is just what happens in all three parables. You have um, the, I want to say sheep. Yeah, right. The, the sheep who continues to go down um, away from the flock, right? And ends up getting lost and is out in the cliffs or out in the fields. And the shepherd panics and will go and look for that sheep, Uh, The woman will flip her house upside down in order to find that lost coin um, tirelessly, day and night until that coin is found. And same thing here with the father who is waiting day and night patiently um, and searching and crying out for his son to come home again. And so this is the same story. It's connected here. But realize this, you, we are that lost sheep. We are the lost coin. We are also the, the, the young son who's lost. And so Jesus is teaching this to all the people in the room and to us. And he's saying, I am the good shepherd. I am the shepherd that goes out and looks for you. He will search the whole valley for you to make sure that you are not taken away, that you're not going to be led to slaughter. I am also the the woman in the story in the parable who is going to be looking everywhere to find you because you are valuable to me. And the father who is waiting so desperately and is looking day and night for his son to return home, that's Jesus. And so we can't be led out into, um, uh, to be led astray and to be led into the slaughterhouse, right? To to be taken by wolves. Um, we also can't be a coin that has no purpose, that's just sitting somewhere else, uh, collecting dust and rust and is not being able to be used. And same thing with the, uh, uh, son at, at the end there, where his life was completely taken by the idols of the world and being led astray from God's intention for his life. Um, and so this is where we get to be connected to this story, but it it only took the son to hit rock bottom, to be eating pig pods, to recognize that he was truly lost, right? And so I really want us to be able to have this moment in this lesson to say, okay, are we lost? Um, even the son, the older son at the end of the story was is lost. His soul is lost because even though he sees this party happening, right? Like the Pharisees where we're celebrating people who are lost being saved. The Pharisees grumble and they mumble and they say, hey, what is he doing with these sinners here? Well, you see the father looks to his older son and says, no, you miss it. This is something that we all have to sh- like cherish and celebrate to- together is when your brother was lost and is now found. So Jesus is teaching that to the parable, uh, the, the parable to the Pharisees as well. And he's saying, hey, you need to be able to see the love that I have for everyone, including you. So share that love with others. So Jesus is seeking you out. He loves you even when you're lost. He's telling you to come home. He's bore your sin and your shame, and he's put it on the cross so that we could be free from the clutches of the enemy. The enemy does not want you to discover that you're lost. He wants you to stay lost forever, as long as possible, so that you don't end up with the Father, that you don't become um, as the condition of your soul, right? In a place where you're able to be able to love and to serve and journey with others. And so my challenge to you um, is this, and this is just um, a a handful of steps to help us recognize when we're lost and how we can get out of it with God's help. So here are just a simple challenge and steps for you. Stop, look, and listen, right? Maybe you heard this when you were young, right? Uh, Stop, look, and listen, maybe before you cross the, the road. So here's what... I kind of want us to to focus on here. So here's step one, pause. Stop thinking and trying so hard on your own. You know, quit burning rubber because you're not going anywhere anyway. Just stop, stop walking away. Stop trying to figure out on your own and just hit the pause button on work. Hit the pause button on your situation, your stresses, your anxieties, and just give it to him. So the second step is, okay, so that first one is pause. Second is turn off the (laughs) self-navigation, okay? This idea of we're going to be able to navigate ourselves out of this is not happening right now. It's leading you further away from Jesus, not closer to him. Pride is in the way. Humble yourself, even for the sake of everyone who's lost with you. For your family's sake. For um, your, your, your co-worker's sake. They feel it too. The third one is to pray. Thirdly is to pray. Halt your movement, open your eyes and pray because you are likely lost. Focus and channel your panic mode up towards Jesus. Radio in, like let him know that you're there. He's scared for you more than you are probably. So the fourth step is after you pray to cry out. Cry out. This part's important and don't avoid this step. This is where praying and repentance and crying out happens where we're confessing here. We're saying like, Lord, I need you. Um, Show him that you're ready to be found and to be receiving of him. Fifth is to just breathe. (laughs) Take a deep breath, inhale and exhale. Lift your arms out for the Holy Spirit to rescue you. He is your search and rescue team and he will lead you to peace and sanctuary to the father. The sixth one is to abide. Abide in him. You can't get yourself out of this situation. God uh, is needing to have control of your boat. He needs to take the wheel here um, and listen to his instruction. Listen to his guidance here. Um, Open up his word and allow him to help you every day, step by step. Now, lastly, uh, through this, we can rejoice. That's The seventh step and the final step is to celebrate it and rejoice. Uh, We see it at the end of each parable that Jesus calls us to um, not just repent, but to be able to celebrate and rejoice. We don't celebrate recovery enough, I don't think, in our culture. Um, But this is something that Jesus is very expressive here for us to do, um, and to join in that, um, whether it's through baptism or whether it's through someone taking a next step or new life being found in Jesus and faith in him, this is something to celebrate. So at the end here, Jesus is saying, enjoy the moment, praise God for your life, for being found and for being cherished, right? Cause we are loved even when we're lost. Now there's an incredible, uh, uh, movie story uh, illustration I'd love to share with you. And it's from a movie from Disney Pixar called Finding Dory. Um, if you've ever heard of Finding Nemo, Finding Dory is the sequel to that movie. And there's a really beautiful scene at the end of Finding Dory that I would love to share with you because I, I really believe that it connects to um, all three of these parables in a beautiful way. So have a watch. That's a kelp. It looks the same. It all looks the same except there's rock over there and and some sand this way. I like sand. Sand is squishy. nothing here. Nothing but kelp. Lots of kelp and some shells this way. I like shells. I like shells. Hello. I'm. Dory! Oh, my baby! You're here. Let me look at you! Yes. I'm never letting you go again! <gasps> my music, girl, you're here. My it's you! Yes. It's really, oh, you! God, so Mom, you're lovely. actually here! You. I am! <laughs> and Dad, so are you! Right here, Kelpcake! I'm so sorry! Oh, honey. What? Oh, <laughs> honey, no, 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 Kelpcake! I know I've got a problem, I know, I'm, and I'm so sorry and all this time I wanted to fix it and I can't and, oh, no. and I try, Dory. I try, but my thoughts, they leave my head and ideas change and I've forgotten you and I'm so sorry. Dory, 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 don't you dare be sorry. Look, look what you did. What? You found us. That's right, you found us. Honey, honey, why do you think we stayed put here all these years? Because we believed one day you'd find us again! Exactly! But I thought you were gone. How did we you... We went into quarantine to look for you, but you weren't there. Yeah. And we knew you must have gotten out through through the pipes. Through the pipes? That's right, sweetie. So... And so we did too. And we stayed in this spot for you ever since. Because we, because we thought you, you might come and you. back. So every day, we go out and lay out shells. Wasn't that an amazing story? Uh, Just to see how Dory, from being lost, because she has short-term memory loss, um, and she constantly finds herself to be forgetting things, but her parents knew that, her parents know her, and they miss her, and after all these years, they've been laying out these shells for her to help find her way back home. And so these shells are a beautiful illustration of just how God is laying out the path for us to find him again. He's laying out shells in our lives for us to be able to say, hey, like, I miss you and I need you and you're my child. And Dory, when she is reunited with them, she's in this amazing mode uh, moment here where she is both... Repentant and apologetic, but she is so happy to be with them again. And her parents are like, Oh, Dory, we love you, and we're so glad that you're here with us again. And none of that time matters, none of it matters, but you're here now. And this is the beautiful moment here of from being lost to being found. So, this is just how much God loves you and how much He misses you. So, will you give these seven steps a try? Um, I know it's not a perfect science and I came up with them on my own, but give it a try. Step into it. Um, if you would like help with taking a next step and journey towards Jesus, this is what we're here for. Uh, th- th- this is what our staff is is constantly here every day and day out trying to offer to you is to, hey, we want to help you take a next step on your journey with Jesus, um, even if it's just helping you identify where God's laid out a shell. And so... Um, please let us know. Please reach out to us uh, either by email, call, or any way. Um, our volunteers are here to help you too. We just are a church that exists to invite people to journey with Jesus. So as we close our message today, I would love to just pray for all of you in this season. Father God, thank you for um, this beautiful um, message of you looking to this group of people, um, whether you are highly religious or whether you're um, a sinner or a tax collector, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done or what's been done to you, Lord, but you love us um, and you are constantly searching out for us as we're lost in seasons like this or even just in the current state of our soul. Um, And that is the condition of suffering and lostness that we are truly in. But Lord, I pray that you help us um, take the wheel and navigate us, that we can come to you and abide in you and be repentant to you and that you can save us um, from our sins and continue to move us into a new life in you so that we can also be inviting people to share this love and this life with you. So God, thank you for uh, this week. And we pray for every family um, and every person who is out there this week and each and every day um, drifting and trying to get by. But Lord, I pray that you enter and and intercede on us in our life through this way. So thank you, Lord, and we love you. And it's in your son's name that we pray, amen. Mm